Today's episode of the Outfielder Podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 97, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I am not surrounded by my co-host, Ben Baseball, nor am I surrounded by my other co-host, the great Sambino. That is correct. One founder flying solo this evening. I am taking over the podcast, my self. Ben Baseball's out on assignment this week. He's working on a big project that's coming to sensiblyloud.com here in the next couple of days, so make sure to be checking the website for a special report that Ben Baseball's been working on. Very excited about this one coming up. And the great Sambino was last seen, I think he was tapped to install some sort of center field camera at the new Rangers ballpark uh, Globe Life Field there over in Arlington, so uh, I'm not sure why the timing is a little bit off but nonetheless out of the office indeed this week and really and truly we're in the midst of one of the biggest scandals we've seen in sports not even necessarily just baseball in a very long time and we talked last week we walked through the report that Rob Manfred had put out the commissioner of baseball put out about the Houston Astros cheating stealing signs and this whole big old scheme that was concocted by the manager of my team, former manager of my team now, Alex Cora, when he was the bench coach in Houston. And Sam and I went through the whole report and laid out a bunch of different parts of it, got really good feedbacks from everybody. So thank you guys for being active and talking with us and letting us know what you liked and didn't like. But really, it caused so much dialogue this week, and it was very much a story that has taken over and grown so many legs since that I really couldn't just not do an episode this week, even though it is the off season. This is a huge story, and I'm probably going to go through the, a lot of different things today, repeat myself a lot, I'm sure, uh, just because I have no one to bounce things off of. Thanks a lot, Ben Baseball and the great Sam Beto. No, I'm just kidding. But my commitment to the listeners is as strong as, as anybody else on this show, 97 episodes and... and you know, I'm making sure I'm doing one on my own tonight to, uh, you know, make sure that you guys have the information that you need. I'm, I'm going to give myself an applause, actually. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, no, no. I, I don't mean to criticize anybody. I promise. Uh, but anyway, there's a lot that's happened in the last week since we talked. And I wanted to make sure that everyone was brought up to speed on what's going on getting some of our thoughts and I also want to share with you guys we're going to do in the second half of the show we're going to talk about what some of the players are saying about all of this and it's very sparse I'll give you guys a little bit of a, a insight but there's I ran across something very interesting this week that uh, a reporter did that I want to kind of share with everyone so we'll go through that as well I want to clear up a, a couple of things I think that have been misconceptions um but I'll, I'll bring everyone up to speed first. So since we last talked, uh, 
Alex Cora, manager of the Boston Red Sox, who was the manager, the bench coach, excuse me, of the 2017 Astros, who stole signs and cheated, essentially, has been fired from the Boston Red Sox. And further than that, Carlos Beltran, who was a player on that team and was the manager of the Mets, was fired this week as well, or asked to step down. It was all very strange how it was billed. No one necessarily got fired, but there was a lot of talk out in the media of these people have agreed to part ways. And really what it came down to for the Red Sox, and I'll go through the timeline here in just a second just to make sure everybody's straight on that, but what it came down to for the Red Sox, and and it sounds like for the Mets as well, is that by having Carlos Beltran, manager of the Mets, and Alex Cora, mastermind of this whole scheme around, it was going to be nothing but a distraction. And I want to remind everybody, we are literally not even a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. So we're going to be moving on with the season here pretty quickly. And the interesting thing about all this is there's been so much chatter. Twitter's been blowing up over every single little scandal part of this. A lot of the reason that that's happening right now is because no baseball is happening. That's all there is to talk about. But when we get to uh, spring training and the regular season kicks off here in about a month and a half, two months, this is all going to be behind us. There's going to be some repercussions for some of these players as far as I don't know if they're going to be thrown at. That's going to be something very interesting that MLB is going to have to address from an umpire standpoint. So we'll see how they address that. But for me personally, it's a matter of you have these unwritten rules, I guess. And I don't know that they're necessarily always followed. And, you know, a lot of players have said, well, you know, this has been happening for years. And this is you know, really just the first time we're talking about it. And, you know, this thing has grown legs up to the point where Tony LaRusso was putting this into effect back in the 80s. Like, a lot of has come out about this, but we're kind of at this point where it's like, okay, we've already issued, the MLB's issued a report. They said what they're going to do. How do you go back on that? And it, it's really, it gets confusing. And I think in a way that works to MLB's favor, even though I think that once the season starts, this is all really going to kind of go by the wayside anyway because we're going to have other things to talk about. I want to go through the timeline here real quick just to make sure everybody's very clear. And I want to clear up just a couple little misconception things that have been floating around that I've seen. CBS Sports did a little an article about this. It was called The Houston Astros Cheating Scandal, 10 Things We Learned from the MLB's Nine-Page Investigative Report. And they laid out a nice little timeline here, so I kind of want to go through it with everybody here real quick. So I'm crediting them with this content. But the 2016 season... MLB investigation did not, quote-unquote, reveal any other scheme or method utilized by the Astros to steal signs. Early in 2017, the center field camera feed was used to decode signs when the Astros had a runner on second base. Once decoded, the sequence would be relayed to the dugout, and the runner at second would decode the signs and signal to the hitter at the plate. Two months later into 2017... The garbage can method was implemented, and the team began to pump a live feed to a new monitor in the tunnel. The Astros initially tried whistling and clapping before settling on the garbage can. 
That's still just so ridiculous to say. I can't get over it. The scheme is called player-driven in the report. When current Mets manager Carlos Beltran, who is now the former uh, manager, mentioned by name, both systems were used throughout the 2017 season. The postseason of 2017, Manfred's report says the clubs continued using their signals to steal signs using the postseason or during the postseason, excuse me, even after all 30 clubs were warned that September that September not to use electronics to steal signs, which I'm adding this little caveat came due to things that the Red Sox were doing. Prior to the 2018 season, with Major League Baseball's approval, the Astros relocated their video room to a room closer to the dugout at Minute Maid Park to a location similar to ballparks around the league. Again, we know, when we read the report last time, we had no problem with that. The Astros continued the use of their video room to decode signs and relay them to the dugout. This is during the 2018 season. At some point during the season, they stopped decoding signs because the players no longer believed it was effective. Once again, oh, we couldn't have done it, and if we did, eh, we're not doing it anymore. Not how that works. 2018 postseason, MLB's investigation uncovered no evidence that the Astros used electronic equipment to decode signs during the 2018 postseason. In the 2019 season, MLB's investigation revealed no violations during the 2019 regular season or postseason. And that's because... At the beginning of the 2018 postseason, MLB put MLB officials in the booth to be sure that the replay room wasn't used improperly, which is what MLB should have done in the first place to avoid this whole thing happening. And a little bit more has been flushed out about that in the last couple of weeks. And misconception number one that I want to bring up, and I want to add a little bit of a caveat to this real quick. Yes, I'm a Red Sox fan. Always have been, always will be. Won't apologize for that. But firing Alex Cora was the right thing to do. 100% since he helped orchestrate all of this. And further than that, I think what's really important to remember are there are two separate investigations going on right now both involving Alex Cora in a lot of ways. But there are two different investigations happening. The first investigation, we've already seen the results of, that's what happened in Houston. And yes, that's a big part of what got Cora fired. And I think if he would have only done this in Houston, there's a good chance that he may still have his job and that they could weather the storm. But the fact that this spread into another season, the 2018 season, in which case the Red Sox won the World Series that year. I think that changes things for Cora. And so Alex Cora had been fired. It became too much of a distraction. But we haven't seen report number two yet that details what the Red Sox did in 2018. And the misconception that I've seen is a lot of that homogenizing these two stories together because he was the bench coach in 2017 with the Astros and the manager of the Red Sox when they won the World Series in 2018, or the entire 2018 season, a season in which they won the World Series. And what I think is very interesting about that distinction, though, is the way that these have been homogenized together into one big scandal when we don't really know what the Red Sox have done. Now, I say all that to say, did the Red Sox probably implement this kind of thing into their system? 
I said this in the last episode. I can't imagine that Alex Cora would cheat to win a World Series in 2017 with the Houston Astros as their bench coach and leave to go to Boston in 2018 and just say, oh, we're, we're not a cheater. We don't do that. That's above us. Below us, excuse me. That's not really how that works. I guarantee you this happened. Do I think the Red Sox will get fined the maximum? Absolutely. Did I think Alex Cora was going to get fired? Absolutely. Do I think that they deserve to lose draft picks? Yes, absolutely. If they are proven to have done this during the 2018 season, which has not been proven yet. Do I think it will be? Absolutely. So there's a misconception out there that the same thing kind of happened on both teams, which it seemingly did. But the difference here is, and it's very small minutia, but it really does make a difference. But the difference here is that during the at the beginning of the 2018 postseason, MLB put actual MLB people in the booth to be sure that the replay room was not used improperly. And Ben Baseball and I were talking about this where we fundamentally disagreed a little bit. Ben asked me, well, does that taint the championship for you? And I said, no, it does not, because at least the postseason was certainly, certainly monitored properly, and there was no cheating during the postseason. At least we know that from the Astros report. Again, we don't know anything about what the Red Sox did yet, though. And there's more to come. And that puts them in a very peculiar spot. And it's we're in a really interesting spot all the way around because we're headed into spring training in three weeks. And we have three major teams, two of some of the bigger teams, and the Mets needing a manager. And it's a real strange situation in Boston particularly because that team is under investigation right now. And a lot of people killed the Red Sox ownership for not saying anything during their press conference whenever they had held it at Fenway when they announced that Alex Cora was going to be gone. I want to be incredibly clear. They can't say anything while they're under investigation. You can incriminate yourself incredibly easily if you say too much. And I'll give you guys an example. There was a question during the press conference where the reporter asked, is there a... Or during the interview, whenever you hired Alex Cora after the 2017 season, did you explicitly say, given that the Red Sox had explicitly been warned about this in 2017, did you discuss your thoughts on why it is important that these kinds of things don't happen? And the ownership did not answer the question. And a lot of people seemed very outraged by that. But what people have to understand is that they're under investigation. And I highlight that a lot here because that's really, really important to why they're giving the answers they're giving or the non-answers. And we'll get into how to answer a question here in just a second because that's important too. The ownership essentially said nothing. People are killing them for it. I'm gonna, I'll lay out both sides of that coin here for a second for you. I, I mean, personally, I don't think that they covered that. And so if they didn't cover it, and we'll just we're going to use the example saying they didn't cover it in the interview. We'll we'll talk about the other side. If they didn't cover it in the interview, they have to lie and say they did. Otherwise, they put themselves in jeopardy for being negligent 
and being guilty for this in the first place. So they either have to tell the truth, they did, or they didn't, in which case they have to lie. My, my guess is, since they didn't feel comfortable answering that question, they felt like they would have had to have lied. And keep in mind, this is an organization that fired their general manager in August. And that general manager, Dave Dombrowski, helped hire Alex Cora to the Red Sox in the first place. What motivation, since they fired him, does he have to lie if Major League Baseball comes after him? So you have that. Or you can tell the truth. Either way, you could be negligent. So obviously these people aren't going to say anything. The league wants this whole scandal to go away. This is not a great look for the league at all. And they would love nothing more than for this just to, to kind of peter out. And that's what they're, they're banking on here. They released a bombshell report, and it has gone absolutely insane crazy. And more things are coming out about it every day, it feels like. And I do feel that more is to come. But when it comes to the Red Sox specifically, again, I want to answer these questions just once more because I, I know I did before, but I'm going to answer them for emphasis sake. If they cheated during this 2018 season, does that taint their 108 wins? Yes, it does. Do I think that they will get fined? Yes, I do. Do I think that they will lose draft picks? Yes, I do. Do I think that they will lose a World Series title? No, I don't. Do I think that the Red Sox will get punished worse than what the Astros did? Yes, I do. Because the Red Sox have been warned more than once about this. They were the original team that was told in 2017 not to be using Apple Watches to decode signs. They were warned about this. So... For those that say that I'm being a homer about it, it's pretty st- pretty straightforward, pretty simple, regardless of whether it's a fan or not. And they're in a shitty situation. And I, it's really hard to tell whether they're in a, sh- a crappier situation or the Astros are, because at least the Astros' inv- investigation is done with. Boston's still waiting for that to conclude. And you come into this really weird thing where you've got to hire a manager, but you can't hire an up-and-coming manager, because that doesn't give them a good foot to start off on. And it's really hard to turn around and go with the Dusty Baker or a Buck Showalter, but that's, you know, you're probably going to run that risk. Personally, what I think they're going to do is they're going to use their bench coach, Ron Reynick, and they're going to put him in there for a season, and then they're going to fire him and put whoever they want as bench coach. May that be Dustin Pedroia, which is quite an idea. A player manager would be unbelievable, but we'll get into that later on. It may be Jason Veritek, somebody like that that's close to the organization, kind of like Cora was, because this is a bad situation for the players of the Red Sox, too, where that was a manager they trusted. Whether they should have or not, that's another story. But it's still important for the buy-in of the group when you just had a World Series hangover and you got to pull back together with a lot of talent your last year of Mookie Betts on the roster. you got to do a lot. And so to tear the manager away... Regardless of the situation, it's tough. And so you've got to do something that's going to appease the fans because the fans don't feel great about this whole thing. If you're from New England, it's another big surprise. You hear it all the time. You're, we're used to that. But you'd have to do something to appease the fans, appease the players. And that's a tough match, uh, match 
to make sometimes. So there's that. Another big thing that's come out this week that I really am surprised by, but it seems to be going, it's growing legs more and more by the minute, is the fact that a lot of the Houston players potentially wore buzzers to where they could be alerted of different pitches while at the plate. In other words, they were using the same system, decoding the pitches. The guy on second relays the pitch. Whatever's coming, and it buzzes. There's a buzzer patch or something that a player is wearing that just gives them a little shock, almost like a dog collar. Just a little... Just let you know, hey, fastball inside. Especially if you got a couple of those things on you. So you know which one. So you have four of these things, say, a... a under your jersey, you can feel bottom, top, bottom, top, left, or right. During this whole thing, I want to be very clear. It's not right to use the technology that we have to steal signs from another team and relay them to the hitter, et cetera, et cetera. It's not right to do. But stealing signs is not what's at stake here or is not what's on trial here. Stealing signs has been part of baseball since baseball has been baseball. It's the electronic use when they were told not to that's actually on trial here. And that's a big differentiator. So to me, and we'll, again, we're going to go through some of what players have said in an anonymous, art, an anonymous comment type thing. We're going to go through that in a minute. Uh, it seems to me, though, the stealing of signs isn't necessarily the problem at all, though. It's, the, like I said, the electronic use of different equipment to find these signs. And that's where the problem runs into. And to be honest, personally, I don't even really have much of a problem with that. It's not right, but I get it. I mean, I just assumed as a pitcher that people are stealing my signs. And you just got to kind of deal with that. And again... I, there's so much at stake here. We're talking about contract incentives. We're talking about, you know, all kinds of different things, you know, postseason wins and et cetera, et cetera. But while I get that, it's still hard to hit that ball. You've got to know. But that gives you, it does give you a tremendous upside as to what's going to happen next. And it makes it, it does make it easier. I'm not saying that it doesn't. But I don't even really have as much problem with the stealing of the signs as I do wearing a buzzer. That is, seems to be a, a line in the sand for me, and that is a problem. And that's something that, if that is true, that's where you have to start punishing individual players. And it's very interesting to me that baseball chose to go the route of not punishing players. Again, we talked about why they didn't last show. They didn't choose to punish players because you, it's very hard to quantify who did what and by how much did that affect wins and losses. So they chose not to punish players for that reason. And in the 2017 memo that they sent out to teams saying, hey, don't do this again, they said that they would hold the general manager and the field manager accountable for this. And they can't just go back on what they said before. And say, oh, well, we said we were going to hold these people accountable, but we're actually going to hold these people accountable as well. That's not really how that works. I get why they chose to go that route, 
but if specific players are using like buzzers and things like that to be shocked, then that's a problem. And there's video that's kind of gone wild all over the Twitter and, inter- and the internet in general of Altuve running in after a walk-off home run against the Yankees in Game 7. And he's clearly saying, don't pull off my jersey. And a lot of people are wondering why. And Ken Rosenthal actually asked him about this at the time, and he said, oh, well, my wife doesn't want me taking my shirt off. It's a little bit of a strange thing. You think he'd be running around like crazy. Who cares? Like, you just, you're going to the World Series, man. Why don't you want to take that jersey off? Why is that such a pain point? And there's been a great one of Josh Reddick going around, standing there giving an interview with a little bit of a buzzer on his chest or some sort of paper-looking thing right on the right at his collarbone. But, you know, of course, his wife jumped out and defended him on Twitter and said, hey, that's just confetti. I don't know about confetti. And I don't want to throw any accusations around because we don't know. But I do find it a little bit suspect that if they did find that, and, the, and MLB's been very clear that they have not, but it would be very convenient to try to sweep that under the rug because you have to think about what it means for Altuve, who's seemingly the face of the league or a big part of being the face of the league, being suspended for 50 games for cheating or season or whatever. It's bad for business. Same thing goes all the way across the board for all these other players. And that's what a lot of this comes down to is this is bad for business. And it's not a great way to look at it, but it's how you have to look at it. And it's how you have to view what all has happened. Because, you know, Ben Baseball and I talked about this again. And Ben is under the impression that they should punish the players regardless. And I get why Ben thinks that. And I get that that's really probably the right thing to do. Because if these guys were cheating, why are they playing baseball? Why are they affecting other guys' contracts and their you know, different salary numbers and whatnot, whenever they're just using an edge that not everybody has. It's the same thing as shooting up steroids in a lot of ways. I don't give a shit about steroids, but I get it. It's not necessarily fair, but I really don't care about fair in this in that kind of situation. And, and to Ben's point, you know, we're trying to keep integrity in this thing, and if we know these people are cheating... Why are we just letting them pass? That's a hundred percent, you know, valid. I don't, I don't necessarily take issue with that point at all. That's a great point, but I do think that it's important to remember that not everybody has been completely exonerated in this situation yet either, and there's still more shoes to drop. And I'm waiting every day as a Red Sox fan for that other shoe to drop, which I'm not looking forward to because I don't like where this is all headed especially if guys are wearing buzzers and have devised a scheme like that. And, you know, when it comes down to how you punish these guys, it is tough to quantify, and it is tough to really figure out the difference that it could have made, or each person could have made, on a quantitative basis. There's just no way to do that. There's just not. And again, baseball wants out of this scandal. They don't want to talk about this. They don't want this to continue to linger on. They want this to go away as soon as possible.
like I say in all these situations, you follow the money, you find your answers to questions that don't seem to make sense. And the league is not going to go punish a bunch of players because it looks bad for the sport. A sport that struggles to draw attention in the first place. Whether that's its own fault or not is another thing. But it does seem to struggle more than any other sport right now. Which is crazy, but true. JB brought up to me the other day that it's crazy how little it seems that this scandal has been talked about. I've heard about it everywhere, but I'm in it every single day. And it's easy for me to feel like it's big in my face, but what that comes down to is it's not there's not a huge fan base for baseball because baseball doesn't spend the time to grow their their market and their audience the right way. And you really see it in scandals like this and the way that they treat this. Because if this were the NBA, I think you might be talking about a little bit different of a situation. But you just don't have that kind of revenue flow. You need every ass in the seat that you can get. And it really gets devastating when you punish players for stuff like this. Whether that's right or wrong, that's not for me to decide. But there are two sides to that coin, and I 100% understand that side of it too. But again, to me, this doesn't really bother me as much as wearing buzzers and things like that does. It's not great. I want to go into a little bit about what the players have said. The players have been largely silent throughout this entire debacle. And again, the season's not going on right now, so you don't have the situation where you have the ability to go out and ask these guys on a daily basis at their locker, you know, how do you feel about the Astros cheating scandal? So I understand why you haven't maybe heard quite as much from some of the big names in the league. But there's a reporter over at tbldaily.com. Dan Clark is his name. Good guy. Good follow on Twitter at Dan Clark. Good guy. Uh, He reached out to a lot of different players via social media. 21 to be specific. And asked a lot of them how they feel about this. In an anonymous way. They're not speaking on the record. You know, they're not, he didn't reveal their names, anything like that. But it's very telling about how players are feeling about it. He states specifically he wanted info, and this is what he asked the players he wanted info into the behavior itself, the punishments handed out so far, the spread of such cheating. In other words, is it rampant in baseball and the future impact? And he promised full anonymity to these guys to give some some context or to give a little bit of clarity on what the players are thinking. And before I go into those, I just want to say, once again, the league wants this to go away. I know that's repetitive, but the league wants this to go away. And they have basically told everyone to keep their mouths shut. And you can tell by a lot of the comments from some of the players so far throughout this whole thing. One in specifically, Alex Bregman, who was part of that 2017 team, still on the 
Astros and was one of the MVPs of that year. Alex Bregman on the sign stealing saga. The commissioner came out with a report. ML did MLB did their report and the Astros did what they did. They made their decision on what they're going to do. That's what he said. That is saying nothing. And to and full transparency. I can't stand Alex Bregman. I troll him on Twitter all the time. I've blogged about him. He has blocked me. He's unblocked me. We have been in touch. He doesn't care for me. I do not care for him. But he gave such a non-answer there. And you got to think that the team told him and every other player, we're not talking about this. This is going to go away. And we're going to keep our mouths shut until spring training starts. Period. And it was a pussy, chicken shit answer. But it wasn't an answer at all. And just like in the press conference thing that I told you guys earlier, while their investigation is done with, that doesn't mean that it's not a complete black mark on the team. And with that all being said, they're going to want to keep going without having to comment as much as possible. So I do criticize Alex Bregman for that, but... I think you got to understand the position that he's probably in. But I love that he completely separates himself from it as if he wasn't part of the team. It would be one thing if he were down in the minor leagues and this all happened and he'd come up since then and then was having to explain for that for that whole thing what happened. Well, he wasn't even really there, so that's fine. But that's not what happened here. And, and I just... I can't think, help but think that the team has its way in that. All right, so we're going to go over some of these these players in this TBL Daily article. It's called The Astros Saga, A Player Perspective by Dan Clark. And all of these are anonymous. I'll let you know whether it's a minor league player or major league player. But it gives you some good insight into what they think. The first one is from a minor league player. It says, I haven't been in the league yet, so but I'm trying. I simply think it's taking the game for granted, honestly. You don't know what other guys go through to get the spot on a major league baseball team. I rehabbed for almost 24 months to better myself and train to get back the right way. And I got to deal with guys who know exactly what is coming because they are good at cheating and not baseball. Yeah, sorry. And you're taking away money from me and my family. I got a problem with that. It's called stealing. Not just signs, but careers. It's hard to play anyway. I went through a lot. I ain't afraid to tell anyone that. I don't all I don't already like the opposing teams. Now I find out that there's cheating going on. What if you hit someone with a comebacker because you were sitting out a one-on-one change that the guy throws 11% of the time? It's dangerous. Oh, and I... And did I mention, you just took money from my family. I have a lot of people counting on me. Baseball's hard enough. And the baseball gods hold grudges. I find that very interesting because that's a good point. By these guys cheating with using some of these things, they're taking money off guys' tables and food off their tables for their families. And they're not thinking about the bigger picture all that the Astros cared about, and I'm not, again, I'm not indicting the Red Sox yet because we don't know what happened there yet. But we're going to talk about what's been proven 
and what's been proven is that the Astros did this and that was wrong. But did they really think about the fact that they're taking money away from other people? The next one is on an MLB roster player. Again, we don't know any identities of these players. He wanted to make sure that not, like the teams and nothing was out there just in case anything led back. My concern, the next quote says, my concern is we do not feel supported by baseball or the media to speak out. Baseball is more concerned about saving its reputation. I have heard many stories from other players who have seen cheating like this occur, but we feel powerless. It goes right back to what we were talking about before. The league wants this to go away, and they've been explicitly clear with their players to keep their mouths shut. The next one is from a minor league player. To address each of your points, I think the behavior itself is terrible and risks ruining all the hard work we put in year after year to improve. Facing a hitter who potentially knows what pitch is coming has the potential to ruin careers. I don't think MLB has really factored that into the punishments given. That's concerning for me, and I know some of my teammates feel that way too. I don't think that the spread is rampant, as I don't think other clubs are dumb enough to risk being caught. As for any future impact, I hope this saga cleans up baseball and we never see or hear of such cheating again. I think that's a little bit idealistic, honestly. I think that's going around a lot, and we're going to learn more. But I, I like where their head's at, saying, though, essentially, that the, the punishments haven't been stiff enough. And part of that is part, is part of the CBA that they agree on. The fines were $5 million, the max amount that they can be fined. But even so, players don't feel like it's enough. That's something that will definitely come up whenever they're at the table negotiating the next CBA. The next quote is from a major league ba- uh, player. Our ball club pushes boundaries and always looks for competitive edges, but we never break the rules. We're all angry about this and hope there are more suspensions coming from MLB. As far as I know, no other teams do this. It's very interesting. Uh, the next quote is minor league player. I played four years in college and two more in the X organization and Y organization. My take is simple. Stealing signs by pitchers and catchers, tipping pitches, and or picking up a coach's sequence is and always will be part of the game. In parentheses, I'm fine with that. To go further, or to go as far as adding video and monitors than using buzzers or whatever to relay is flat wrong. I'd be okay with any punishment given. That's about where my my feelings fall on this with that guy right there. It is simple. It is part of the game. It always has been. But to use video and buzzers or whatever it is, banging on the trash can, doesn't matter. It's just wrong. And it does take away from the sport. I don't care that much, but it's wrong. The next one is from a player on a, a major league roster as well. You want my thoughts on it? Okay. Baseball has a way of policing itself. Remember what happened when A-Rod returned to Fenway after his suspension. So that's interesting. That's what's going to make this season fascinating is are we going to see retaliation? 
And how is the league going to deal with that? Because the players, clearly, a lot of them don't feel that they've been heard here. And is that going to come back to bite the league? I don't know. But it's something to consider. The next one, I trust you will keep this anonymous is what you've said. Attempting to steal signs has always been around, as you know, but never have I heard or seen of such an elaborate system as the Astros have been doing. I don't think the punishments are adequate, but the firings which have come since will hopefully act as a deterrent for others in the future. I'm not happy how the media has treated Mike Fires either. Mike Fires being the pitcher that pitches for the A's who blew this story story's lit off in the first place to Evan Drellick of the Atlantic Athletic. I will never get that right. The Athletic. And a lot of people have said that, you know, what stay this is a big thing in baseball. What stays in the clubhouse, what happens in the clubhouse stays in the clubhouse. And, you know, I've been frustrated with that in the past, but here's the difference. I'll give you an example. In the 2011 uh, season, the Red Sox had the worst collapse in baseball history, going 7-21 and in the month of September, leading the division the entire year to miss the postseason. 7-21 and in September. It was one of the worst months I've ever seen. It was the worst month I've ever seen. What led to that was the firing of Terry Francona, who had won them two World Series, beloved in Boston, a $250 billion payroll trade to the Dodgers. And a big part of that was that the pitchers were eating chicken and drinking beer in the clubhouse before the game, before games throughout the season, showing a big-time complacency. The problem with that is that that stuff happens every single day. Whenever a starter isn't starting, typically a lot of the times he is chilling in the clubhouse, taking it easy on a rest day with his other pitchers that aren't starting that day as well. But that set off a media storm that got a manager fired and a GM resigned. And that was never something that should have been leaked out of the clubhouse in the first place. I don't think that's where we are with Mike Fires, though, because... What he did was the right thing. And whether that should have left the clubhouse or not can be up for debate. But at the end of the day, he still did the right thing. And that's really important. There seems to be this reaction of, well, that should just stay in the clubhouse. Maybe it should. But he didn't talk about drinking beer and playing video games. It's not what he was talking about. He's talking about cheating, which is very different. So he's been taking a lot of heat for that. It'll be interesting to see what the retaliation looks like as we head into the season. The next quote, if you think the Astros are the only ones doing this, you are being ignorant. Welcome to the big show, my dude. Win. Win at all costs. I think that's very telling. Something I've been saying for months. The next one, it's cool, bro. I'm just going to bean these motherfuckers. Some more animosity. The next quote, minor league player. We have all been briefed by the X organization and told not to comment. I have never seen such methods used within blank organization, and it would definitely be frowned upon. Greed has caused this, and I hope the suspension's handing out, handed out 
and the firings which have occurred since will prevent it from ever happening again. Another minor league player. I don't think the suspensions are long enough, and I don't understand why players haven't been suspended. Maybe this is still maybe there's still more to come. The whole saga has been embarrassing for baseball. Strong agree, my dude. The next one. This is from a major league player. Stay out of things that don't concern you. You don't play in the big leagues, bro. So your opinion just don't matter. I really could have left that one out, but I think it's important to highlight something in that, that not all guys look at this the same way. A lot of guys are going to feel like they're protecting their sport by keeping people out because that's what baseball's always done. And I think that's a really important part to underscore that there are two sides of the fence of this when it comes to players because a lot of players would rather just deal with it in baseball, within baseball. You got a lot of players saying things like they will get what they deserve. 2020 is going to be a long season for them. Painful to say the least. Pretty tough. You're going to see a lot of things like that. A lot of different reactions. The next quote, major league player. This isn't a new thing. It's been happening for years, and I've seen it within teams I've played for in the past. The media is driving it, and social media has blown it up. I think it's been an overreaction, and people are only talking about it because there's nothing else to focus on right now. This is really the crux of my entire episode here, what I've been saying. This couldn't be more underscored. Once the season starts, this will all start to go away fast. And it is an overreaction, an outrage, because people's loyalties their fandom are tied up in this. But I'll tell you, I've talked to a lot of Houston fans. Houston fans don't give a shit because they witnessed a World Series win with their own eyes. So you can take the series, the World Series trophy away. You can put an asterisk next to them. You call them the Houston asterisk. doesn't really matter. They witnessed a World Series win with their eyes. And that's all that matters to them. And I would look at it the exact same way. So that's why they're not bothering with that. But the media has played a big part in this and how it's been reported. And even though it hasn't felt like as big of a story as it should in a lot of ways, it's, it's being noticed. Next quote. Stealing is obviously a part of the game, but I've never seen it taken to this level. As a pitcher, nothing worries me more than a hitter knowing what's coming next. I would rather pitch to a guy on juice than this. It's too big an advantage, and I'm glad it's being exposed. Hopefully, baseball learns and grows from this. Strong agree. The next quote, Major League player here. The thing that I find most disappointing is how poorly Major League Baseball has handled the entire situation. They haven't handed down punishments that fit the crime, and they haven't been fully transparent with fans. They have focused more on saving their reputation than actually setting an example for the future. This will happen again. It will be in some other form, but the motive and the result will be the same. So another side of this is that players just continue to feel like Major League Baseball hasn't done nearly enough. And maybe, again, maybe more is to come with the Red Sox coming down. And maybe more teams are exposed, probably so. But players don't feel like they've done the right thing. And I underscore all this for a second. We'll, we'll get to the main point, to the final point here in just a second. 
The next quote, the biggest advantage my catcher and I have over a hitter is knowing what's coming. As soon as we lose that advantage, the contest ceases to exist. This has been a horrible look for baseball, and not enough is being done to prevent it happening again. That's my biggest fear, that it will happen again. Players don't trust that the league intends to handle this problem. That's clear here. Next quote. We have done that. We have known about this since 2017, and nobody took the claim seriously. Mike spoke out and deserves a lot of credit. Deserves more credit, excuse me, than he is getting. Don't disagree with that. Next quote, major league player. The cheats are going to get their fucking heads blown off. Pretty graphic, but pretty true. Finally, one more quote. Sorry to tell you, but none of this is new. The Astros took things too far and got busted for it. But other teams are doing the same thing just as well, if not better. I think there will be a few hit batters early in the season, but we'll all move on and play ball. Y'all writers are just bored on Twitter during the wintertime. All the way around, this is a mixed bag of reactions. You've got people that don't give a shit. You've got people that want revenge. You've got people that pretend like it's not happening. You've got people that feel like baseball should be doing more for them. You've got a mixed bag. But all kind of come to the same conclusion, which is that baseball has struggled to handle this. And it's a shame that they've struggled to handle this because, to me, everything has been on their terms up to this point. This story came out in November, and they've been investigating since then and still are investigating in certain circumstances. They put the report out. They chose the way to handle this. And while it does make sense and it's coherent that they've handled it the right way, in some instances, there are just as many players that feel the same way as Ben Baseball has told me, that there's not nearly enough punishment that's been handed out for this and again i see where they're coming from but i really don't know what the answer is for what baseball could do differently and that's part of the issue i think and when you look at how people like bregman are responding to this you're going to see a lot more of that as we get towards the season and as players are more readily available in spring training This is going to be everywhere at the beginning. But to one of the anonymous guy's points, they're going to play ball and keep moving. We're going to keep doing the outfielder and keep moving. But I think it's so important to underscore, though, how big this scandal is in sports. This is a major cheating scandal. And whether anybody cares about it or not remains to be seen But if you're watching other sports and thinking, oh, well, at least basketball or at least football is clean of this stuff, I wouldn't be so sure. And I would question when you see things, just astronomical records broken, things like that. And we talked about the 108 wins for the Red Sox being a little bit tainted. Again, that report's not out yet, so we don't know exactly whether it's tainted, how tainted it is, or whatever. 
Does it change the win? No, for me as a fan. But it does make 108 wins seem a lot less impressive to me. And the same kind of thing goes for the Astros. The Astros are looking at hiring someone like Dusty Baker, Buck Showalter, someone like that that's going to help restore, that's going to be a steady guiding post at the helm. But we've seen, in some instances, these managers be hired and the game pass them by. And we find out about that three, four years too late with wasted talent. And make no mistake about it, this is still a very talented Houston Astros team. This is still a team that just went to the World Series and lost in seven games. Sure, they lost Garrett Cole this offseason. But they've been a a next-man-up organization for a while. Having fired their GM, who clearly only cared about winning, it's going to be very interesting to see where the Astros head in the coming year or two or three or four. Because with major leadership changes comes a whole lot of different mixed bag of reactions and emotions. And a lot of the sentiment has been that the Astros are going to get what they deserve. I don't necessarily know that that always means getting your head lopped off. I think that those things are going to sort themselves out and you're going to see a pretty major fall from grace pretty quickly, not any more major than what you've already seen, but I guess I mean more on field standpoint as far as play. You're going to start to see them struggle. This is a major scandal. Make no mistake about it. No matter what the Astros players tell you, it's going to be very tough for them to get out from under this for a while. You're going to need a couple seasons to keep going for people to forget about it. Let's just be honest. Because everybody's attention span is about the size of a fly. The fact I'd be shocked if someone's still listening to me ramble on about this right now at 53, 54 minutes into this episode. And not to insult people, but that's just the society that we're in now. We went from, you know, we have either a three-hour attention span or 10 minutes, and we've moved down to about two minutes at the most. And so this will go away, but it will take time, and I think the on-the-field results of changing over from a we'll win at any cost to we win the right way organization is going to be tough. But they got the ring out of it. They nearly got another one this past year. You got to be impressed with the Nationals. Even though they weren't sealing signs at that point, it's still a big feat for them against a really good team that didn't even know what they were what was on the horizon my final point of the episode is this what i see going forward and where this is going to come into play when i look at the player's sentiment is that when we get to the end of the collecting bargaining bargaining agreement in 2021 whenever the players sit down to negotiate how things like this are regulated and for example we talked about teams only maximum fine being $5 million in draft picks. These are the kinds of things that the players are going to want protections from going forward. They are going to want to know that the league that they play in, that they work their whole lives to get to, that they fight and claw 
at every single level, at times sacrificing all kinds of everything, money, family, just to be able to pitch for the privilege to pitch for an organization or hit for an organization or whatever position you play. They want to be sure that that's protected as much as possible. And they don't want to have to worry about monster teams doing things like this just to get a little bit of an edge. When the shameful part of it is, these teams were good enough to begin with. They have the talent, but they chose to cheat, and that's what's annoying about it. And that's what's frustrating about it for the sport, for the fans, and for the players. And so I think this will be very interesting when they sit down to the, at the table to negotiate a CBA and what kinds of things the players are going to de- demand. And we talked about it since the very beginning of the show that there's almost certainly going to be a lockout. And that lockout is going to address some big issues that the players are going to want to address. We want to remind everyone to follow us on social media. That's Sensibly Loud BD on Facebook, at Sensibly Loud on Instagram, and on Twitter. We also want to remind everyone to give us a call. We want to hear from the fans. We want to hear from everybody. We want to hear what you guys have to say. That number, to remind everyone, again, is 972-885-9361. Call us. Leave us a message. Let us know what show for and what you want to talk about. We'll play the voicemails on the show. We'll answer questions. We'll do all of the above. Hopefully next week I have the great Sambino and Ben Baseball back with me. If not, I'll just keep on soloing these things because you know what, guys? It's been a ton of fun. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 97 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive. And we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Astros cheaters.